0: what is up everybody welcome back to tag team the pokemon trading card games premier podcasting duo i'm joined today by two very good friends of mine both jw Creewall, who you know and love and someone i think is very familiar to you as well andrew mahone guys how are we doing today
1: doing great riley I am pretty tired,
2: but I'm doing <laughs> all right. Yeah, we're trying to keep that energy. Andrew, yeah, for sure. We
1: uh, we are very thankful that you decided to agree to come on the show. It's just really great to chat with um to chat with players. It's awesome to hear some, you know, kind of backstories and different perspectives and so we're really thankful.
2: What was I gonna say? No. yeah. You guys are two of my best friends. Like, what the
0: heck? I mean, you could. It just like it just would like reflect on your character, you know. <laughs> and
2: our friendships, like JW, I was literally in your wedding party. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, there's the least I can do. There's I'm, a I'm difference
1: between be work and
2: play.
0: You I'm know? glad to be here. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And this is this is definitely work that we're up to today for sure.
2: Yeah right all work no play this so. is nothing like any other day that we talk which is every single day you
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> right speaking of talking every single day you just showed us your your pretty nice house the other day how does it feel to like completely aside from pokemon just be like moving around and like kind of settling down a little
2: doing things
0: yeah, yeah. i mean it's you've crazy. been kind of like a DJ um, for a while i feel like what <laughs> did you say
2: I was kind of like a degen for you a were while kind of
1: squatting
2: yeah in you... apartment? well squatting is not something that I am uh unfamiliar with I guess and uh yeah I mean like I kind of been floating and drifting around for a long time uh ever since I graduated college I actually you know funny story the year after I graduated college I actually like you know, I squatted in a dorm room illegally <laughs> at my at my lovely alma mater. You know, for an entire year uh, with free rent. You know, just with my girlfriend at the time. You know, theoretically that, that happened for legal purposes.
0: Like. Yeah, theoretically.
2: I had a job. Well, I had a job in town. I was a pho- a part time photojournalist. You know, so right. like, uh, right. I had a job, and uh, I was trying to make ends meet. And you know, we were just. Uh, You know, some part of the time I was living at my girlfriend's parents' place. Part of the time I was like squatting in a dorm room, you know, I mean. And uh, since then, it's just been kind of popping around from apartment to apartment. And I went back home and lived with my parents for a year or two, you know. And uh, then, you know, I've been living in Northeast Ohio for the last five years. And now I'm 31 years old. And finally, my life is starting to come together (laughs) as a professional gamer, you know, and, uh, and things are steady enough that I was able to convince, uh, a mortgage company to hit me up with a loan. (laughs) So that's pretty dope. It (laughs) It
1: took a while. I know you were pretty, uh, nervous.
2: I was. Well, uh, okay. So the timeline, you know, kind of goes like this, you know, thankfully Natalie did, did sign on with me. So we were able to use our combined incomes for the loan. So that was uh, a big help. But, uh, I think about, Two years ago, year and a, a year and a half ago, I quit teaching. So a year and a half ago, I quit teaching to, you know, to to pursue this career of uh, content creation and, you know, in the partnership with Full Group Games. And uh, that doesn't exactly look great you know on uh you know as far as your work history and things like that you know it's not steady um you know i'm trying to convince loan officers and stuff like oh yeah yeah yeah. you know well i have all these different sources of income they're like online and
0: and i don't really the bits you gotta look
2: at the bits the the bits right right so patreon so actually what was huge this year in making it happen was that uh, I needed to report my 2019 taxes and I claimed everything. So, um, you know, so that was like, that's me, you know, uh, this is real, you know, this is my real job. It's not a side hustle, you know. Uh, We put it all together and, you know, and it looked pretty convincing. Usually they like two years of history, but we were able to, uh, to get by with basically putting together the 2019 portfolio. And they were like, yeah, all right, that's fine. (laughs) <laughs> and uh you know between that and signing with Natalie it, it worked out it still doesn't feel real i've been squatting and kind of moved around different apartments for so long that uh i feel like i'm on vacation in someone else's house but uh you know get there i feel like i'm playing animal crossing kind of in real life like, yeah in real life and i yeah, tell you, you what gotta real
1: life of, you got to go out yeah. and weed and
0: real life animal crossing is like way better i think i don't know well you can't hit your neighbors with axes usually that's true that's true and you can't force
1: anybody to move
2: right (laughs) so it's been a lot of fun and i'm excited about it it's overwhelming in a way because it's like wow i have all these real grown responsibilities now but uh it's also very exciting so what's
1: the scariest thing about moving out into a house like what are you worried about like coronavirus, you know, all this like economy stuff happening or are you just kind of chilling? Do you feel confident there?
2: Um, I I feel like, uh, yes, I mean, I, I'm concerned in a way because obviously like everybody, everybody has to kind of, you know, wonder about their own financial security and future and especially, being, you know, in the gaming industry, you're wondering, okay, you know, uh, how can, uh, we survive this? Certainly these are trying economic times. Uh, fortunately, uh, the community for, you know, at Tricky Gym and at at Full Grip Games has been extremely supportive and encouraging throughout this, uh, entire thing and, uh, has, uh, really made me feel, like, uh, we're going to be able to, to weather this and, uh, and come out on the other side, uh, stronger than we went into it. So, uh, I feel blessed and encouraged by the people around me, the tricky gym community, the full grip, uh, squad here. And, uh, and I feel like, I feel like a sense of peace. Like, you know what, at a certain point, uh, worrying is not going to, you know, is not going to better my situation at all. I just got to continue kind of working and, uh, and doing the best that I can and uh, and trying to stay versatile as well. And that's something that has kinda um, been a constant property in my own uh, kind of career here in content creation is that I'm trying to make sure that I don't have all my eggs in one basket. Uh, actually I actually have multiple baskets as <laughs> you know. And, and uh, so long as I have enough baskets to draw from, we'll <laughs> probably be okay. And uh, unfortunately, Twitch has been very strong uh, and very promising lately full grip has been very strong and very promising you know youtube uh patreon there's all these different kind of avenues right. so it's like even if one of those four things collapses i still have three legs to stand on so mm-hmm. it's pretty pretty good
1: that's right absolutely so with that said how what's your concern i i don't want to you know make this so um negative but obviously you know with the times that we're in right now it's it's a very trying time for artists you know you mentioned gamers uh what what are your thoughts about pokemon specifically you know with the world championships being canceled this is one of the things i think the farthest out uh in my life that's been impacted you know we've had uh looking at my schedule like my orchestra concerts for maybe the next month or two have been canceled but now we're looking into april or excuse me, into August. And that's like the farthest thing out of anything that I've seen. And uh, how does that affect you, knowing that
2: information? How does that maybe affect your content and what you're trying to produce? Um, The content is, uh, is very stressful to produce right now because one of my favorite things to produce is tabletop content right so like having the full grip weekly tournament bringing people together uh sitting down with another player and talking about plays and creating content you know face to face over a tabletop game um that is my favorite content to produce and that is kind of being like ripped out from under me so like i said (laughs) Uh, you know, eh, not just from under me, but I mean from everybody, right? Eh, so like, uh, but that is uh, that's kind of what I built my channel on is really trying to, you know, do this tabletop stuff. And now uh, if I'm doing tabletop, it's like pretty much solo dolo you know, we're not meeting or gathering in any kind of way. So right. that's tough and uh, and is kind of forcing me to have to try and think outside the box of how to how to create stuff, how to create engaging content and and do that uh without being able to meet up with people. Um, which is tough. And I'm already thinking like, you know, what are we gonna do for the next the 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 sets and all that to come out, you know. Uh typically we get together, you know, and we do tabletop stuff. Now it's like uh a little bit, you know, it's it's not it's not good to to be traveling. I mean it's actually uh you know kind of against
1: the law. Kind of against <laughs> the
2: law. Yeah. So uh, so we're not gonna be doing that. Um uh, obviously uh, as far as tournaments go bigger things like that i will say um you know the uh, going to regionals like often cups things like that it's all extraordinarily stressful um and puts a lot of wear and tear not only oh, on bodies.
0: I, I was thinking about that today <laughs> like yeah. how i was you know we had discussed earlier this season about how i was kind of like not feeling it anymore i was thinking about quitting and then all of a sudden, yeah. then all of a sudden i'm feeling it again then the season's just over <laughs> Right. And I just, yeah. it feels, in a way, it's kind of relieving, even though it's like also sad. I don't know.
2: It's extremely sad, but it also, I'm constantly kind of wrestling with this pressure of, you know, I feel like I should be at events because this is. My profession. This is what I do. Right. But also, since it is, it's my profession and it's what I do. I need to make sure that all the decisions that I'm making are financially viable. I need to make sure that I'm not just, you know, trying to go to an event because I want to perform well, but because it's financially the best thing to do. This is now my job. This is how I support a household and things like that. Right. So. Right. Um, you know all those questions and, and pressures of like you know which events do I go to? Do I have to get my invite for sure? Because if I don't, <laughs> then like uh you know well, um, if so you try like,
1: and fail, then that is a huge you know black mark I right. would say.
2: Right? So like exactly. So I can't I cannot fail right. right. But I also have to get my invite uh, while while being the most financially savvy about it that I possibly can because it's my career. Right. (laughs) So it's like, uh, all those stresses are all of a sudden out the window, which is nice uh, in a way. (laughs) And honestly,
1: honestly gone for next year too. I don't have to worry about
2: it. Right. And for next year, the invite, you know, uh, well, they haven't announced what, what it'll be, but my initial impression is that it'll be more or less similar to what this year's invite is. And there's just going to be a giganto world's, it's kind of uh, my see impression. that was the
0: impression from the announcement for sure.
2: Yeah. So,
0: you know, all those stressors
2: are gone. And in a way, it's like, OK, now I just get to focus on content creation and all the stressors of the season have kind of been lifted, um, which is a yeah. huge blessing in a way. Like, I, I'm very thankful for that because I get to focus on uh, on creation, though creating is harder now than it used to be um so it has like a a new set of challenges but i'm not gonna lie a new set of challenges in some ways is refreshing sometimes when you're just in that like week-to-week grind right um so so it's nice in that way obviously you know it's a horrible situation and i'm not trying to make light of uh the the horrible things that are going on and and the people that are affected and it's obviously terrible but uh you know and uh and my hearts go out to you know my heart goes out to everybody who has been affected by it um you know but as far as like you know from the competitive season uh i'm not heartbroken that the season is over uh in a way it's just like okay we've been doing this for eight years having a season off outside of my control is like not bad
0: (laughs) you know for sure so it's interesting though because and i know tag team not to maybe the same degree but we have thought about this as well it's tournaments and our content kind of interplay right there's that relationship between them and especially you as a full time content creator you've mentioned thinking of like new avenues to do stuff have you have any like developed thoughts or promising ideas that you'd like to share at all
2: for new content to create in spite of the in spite of the situation going on yeah yeah. Um it's really all still in in progress obviously like I'm streaming a lot right now you know PTCGO is like the the thing to do right. <laughs> yeah. Um there are some people doing uh different online types of tournaments and things like that uh you know the limitless tournament that they're hosting I think that's a that's a solid idea. And, uh, you know, some sort of organization like that, I think would be very nice. Now, um, as I've been brainstorming about various things to do, I would love to create, you know, some sort of uh, online tournament series or something like that. Um, You know, Pokemon Trading Card Game Online as a client is not very conducive to doing so as there is no spectator mode. So, um, how do we? record these games because like my mind is entirely content creation so i'm not just trying to host a tournament i want to present a tournament right? right so how do we present a tournament a completely digital tournament and then not just present one but it has to live up to my production standards as well which are uh probably a little bit too high for my own good that's probably the choke uh, point. <laughs> It very much is, because I'm aware that you could have, you know, everybody in the tournament screen cap their own, you know, screen and you could it together. And then all of a sudden we got, boom, we're it, you know, we're good. Uh, you could also do the same thing with Skype calls. You know, I got a, you know, I got a webcam, you got a webcam and we play tabletop. But like, uh, yes, figuring out how do we get a high production, watchable uh, stream that would make sense not just to the fans of the Pokemon trading card game, but to new players, right, um, is that I feel like something that, uh, it feels so out of reach right now. So trying to, you know, push that envelope and figure out what can we do while not getting together is, uh, is proven to be an extraordinarily challenging, you know, uh, question and something that I'm still wrestling with. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, that's fair. That's fair for sure. I mean, especially once you add scalability to it, right? like the more people that are involved, especially in terms of like a tournament, the harder and harder <laughs> it gets to have something, especially of something of quality, right
2: right? And then it's like if you do it like a wild a wide scale, like the bigger um the bigger the tournament, you know you you're now asking like uh, certain matches or pairings to like you know, screen record and there's gonna be inconsistencies. You know, amongst various setups and computers and things like that, and then, uh, and then also, uh, you know, if you limit it to like, I think the more realistic idea is to have like an invite tournament that you then present in a way, right? Right. But then right. you need to you need to coordinate. Say like, keeping it real reasonable, eight people, right? Uh, have an eight person round robin invite tournament. Uh, then I need to coordinate for all eight people to have the exact same setup in the exact same recording and have it be very consistent amongst you know all of the matches that we produce and it would be a gigantic endeavor yeah
1: (laughs) yeah and even with eight people right
2: with eight people it would be a gigantic endeavor yes absurd it's kind of where i'm at right now yes
0: yeah even getting two people to coordinate their exact setup is a little bit of a task. yes it is yes so i can't even get JW uh, to put headphones on most weeks uh,
1: it messes with the bun now
0: <laughs> right for sure <laughs> andrew i'm i'm team everybody's getting a man bun in in the pandemic because we can't go to the barber are you in on that
2: yeah i mean yeah we got we got the the flow i mean yes the flow the, the filthy the, salad yeah <laughs> i it wasn't going to call it that but yes the flow I mean, uh, it's I like obviously <laughs> it's like no shave november just kind of expanded into <laughs> april Is kind of what's going on i think uh and the, maybe even longer it's the isolation flow for sure that's yes. right yeah
1: yeah i mean and who knows what happens when we get out you know it's like we could just shave maybe it, it off maybe it stays maybe it sticks exactly you know maybe it just endears itself to myself and the world around me
0: Oh, now it's getting, it's getting like a little personal now, JW. <laughs> I think maybe you're projecting. The man,
1: maybe the man bun has taken over. Maybe I am the man bun.
0: Hard to say. But I digress. Yeah, potentially. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you talk a lot, Andrew, about, you know, kind of the quality that you want to get out of your streams, out of, you know, tournaments that you would potentially, um, you know, present. How does that kind of... Production quality influence just the way that you go about your everything. Like how does it how does it affect your branding? How does it affect I don't know just the choices that you make on on equipment and gear? Um, talk to us a little bit about that. Your high production quality because I think that's something that's a little bit um i don't want to say different like that's not like a put down on anyone else but i think you've definitely like raised the game uh in terms of content creators for pokemon specifically on what uh it could look like you know the the ideal stream
2: right uh oh i think it's interesting because when you say like high production quality it's all a matter of perspective right like well sure it's it's all a matter of like well
1: and for pokemon i guess is what
2: and who you're comparing yourself to and uh and i guess like you know in my you know in my experience my production quality is not nearly high enough or yep. where it needs to be because i am uh i'm comparing myself to you know the producers and and the in the channels that i uh kind of aspire to be like and and the ones that i look up to um you know i'm i'm looking primarily at Magic the Gathering, right? And I'm saying like, okay, you know, as far as a game goes, like they're uh, and I I hope that, you know, Pokemon is looking at Magic the Gathering as well and saying like, okay, you know, Magic Arena, the online client, first of all that looks stunning, this looks amazing. Hearthstone, this looks stunning, this looks amazing. Right? And uh, hopefully our online client can be developed to a point where it can can kind of stand next to those. Um, I think You know, our game is good. Game design, Pokemon game design, very good. And I think the game is enjoyable and has been for years. And I think the properties of the Pokemon trading card game are extremely strong. But uh, as far as my own production quality goes, I'm looking, you know, at, at like Star City Games and their tabletop productions. And I spent a lot of time looking at their productions and how they do their tabletop gameplay. And uh, I love what they do. And a lot of my channel is trying to take inspiration from that and uh, and trying to port it into a Pokemon context. And then uh, you know, as far as like I've watched some podcasts as well, I got the inspiration for my studio design from one of my uh, my favorite skateboarding podcasts, the Nine Club. and I think that they do, uh, they don't do live stuff, you know, I think almost at all. they do all recorded, Podcasts uh, and they and they post produce them and things like that and but their but their studio layout I thought was beautiful and so I was like okay cool like this is awesome and like I could take some info you know some ideas from that I could take some ideas from Star City Games and uh, just try to like run them through the creative process and uh, and and see you know what I end up coming up with and running with and I think it's been really cool uh, to see in the Pokemon trading card game like uh, other other channels, you know, rising up and uh, and upping the game as well with their own production. And I know that certainly motivates me to continue trying to uh, raise the bar. And, the, and it's like this healthy competition uh, with all of us just trying to create more Digestible, more enjoyable content for the viewers. And the end goal of all of it is to create content which is uh, welcoming to new players that is going to bring new people into the game. And I think that that is probably one of my biggest motivators for creating a high production uh, content or a high production stream is that. Uh, when you create something that's welcoming, and it looks uh, cared for, and that uh, there was lots of thought put into it, um, it's immediately attractive to somebody who might just be popping in for a second. And then they might not know anything about what's going on. But at least it's nice to look at. And it (laughs) sounds nice. And wow, okay, maybe I could in the people are friendly maybe i could stick around here and see what's going on because i've never seen something that looks like this or that this looks this looks like something that i could be a part of so it's like that uh, that initial impression that immediate you know uh, reaction i think goes a long way and being in the pokemon trading card game being so invested into this community um, that's gotta be, I think us as uh, content creators, our primary goal is to try and bring new people into the fold and grow the size of the game so that, uh, you know, so that we can continue doing what we love for, for a very long time.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So what would you say, Andrew, is your creator motto, your credo, your, your kind of directional, uh, phrase or, or whatever that you use to maybe... Guide yourself as you're as you're creating
2: and as you're trying to improve. Um, that's interesting. Uh, I I am always trying to do my own thing. Um, I always want to. Uh, I want to be a little bit off the beaten path. I want to kind of uh, like pave the way. I want to uh, not follow trends, but I guess trend set in a way. Um, I don't want to. You know, I, I don't want to just bandwagon on something that someone else is doing. If it's a, you know, if it's not in my vision of what I, what I think is a good idea. So I very much want, uh, I take lots of inspiration from lots of different areas and I'm, I'm not, you know, going to try and hide that, but I definitely want to, uh, I w I want to, you know, create something new. I want to create something that's never been done before or been, you know, or do it in a way that is, uh, do it in a way that's not been done before. Right. Um, So it's uh, it's always a matter of not uh, not just, uh, you know, regurgitating something, but uh, how do I how do I represent something in a new light? You know,
0: sure. So I'm I'm just curious hearing you talk, you know, you have this very nuanced and eloquent take on content creation and what it means to you. What kind of pushed you into that space, right? It feels like I feel like you've always pursued creative endeavors like throughout your life like but what made Pokemon and Pokemon Trading Card Game that's going to be your career. That's going to be what you make content creation out of.
2: It's crazy. All right. Yeah, I mean I guess uh when I was while I was a teenager, I was I'd I'd always been creating, right? And it's it's really all just coming together now, which kind of blows my mind, but like now I can kind of uh I could kind of weave it all into a tale that makes sense now and it, <laughs> and it all and it all makes sense now that I'm here I'm like wow this didn't just happen overnight I'm actually if you go all the way back this started when I was like 12 you know uh and uh and and I grew up with this and, and, and I kind of uh uh and it all came to be um because this is, uh, you know, being creative and, and creating things and, and Pokemon. It, it, these are big passions of mine for forever. Um, even if Twitch streaming was not a thing or even if YouTube was not a thing forever. Uh, you know, uh, I kind of have been on this trajectory for a long time. So, you know, my biggest passions growing up were, were Pokemon and skateboarding. Those two were like the, the biggest things and running. Um, and, uh, and I created content. When I was in high school, that had to do with running and skateboarding. Those were the things I used to make DVDs every year. I would film videos for my cross country teams uh, and my track teams, and I would uh, film and edit DVDs that kind of uh, you know followed our seasons and uh, and different races and things like that and uh and I, I would sell them for like five bucks a pop at the end of the season and i would i would hustle i'd make some money you know but it was a lot of work i worked all season to do that right uh and like hours and hours and hours of editing you know and i would make like at the end of the season everybody would buy one and i'd make like 250 bucks and i'd be like god that's insane you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so like uh <laughs> uh you know and uh and i ended up making a skateboarding video with me and all my friends and you know we worked on that for years it took like three or four years and uh and my local skate shop you know helped me produce it like he uh he encouraged me to really you know pursue this thing i talked about the fact that me and my friends were filming a video for a long time and he was like you know what i'll throw you a release party i'll sell your video at the store uh, I'll give you some footage from, you know, from me and some of the skaters for you to like, you know, me and some of the other sponsored skaters to use in your video, uh, if you really make this a thing. So I was like, Oh my God, So he basically put me on and, and like helped me produce this video that I had a premiere for. It was super sick. You know, there were like 30 people showed up in the skate shop. We all huddled in and put the DVD on and watched it in like 2007 and, uh, and this is the this is the crap that i was doing you know as a 16 and 17 year old you know throwing premiere parties for a skateboarding video and stuff like that and uploading videos to youtube of you know me skating to like emo songs and all sorts of <laughs> all sorts of stuff you know and then so like when my parents were like you're going to college and i was like oh, i would rather just kind of be a skate rat you know they were like no and you know yeah. so like that's uh that's fine it, one of my you know my dad is uh uh my dad's a doctor and his his work his work he's literally a big doctor. Yeah, he's kind of a he's like the <laughs> vice president of the Kennedy Krieger Institute. So like you which is a brain research department at Johns Hopkins. Like I mean it, it's nuts, right? So like his <laughs> job his job was going to pay for half my college. You know what I mean? Uh that's just one of the perks he has of like his his workplace and he was just like you're you're going like I don't care what you do, but you're going, you know, cuz like he he had worked you know, his life so that I, I could go like that was like, you know, so he was like, you're going, I don't care. You're just going to go and you learn and you, and you grow up and then you do whatever you want. And my dad's always been an extremely encouraging. Both my parents have, but it was, he was very, they were very principled that like, you're going. I was like, okay, sir. So uh, I went and I originally was like, all right, we'll do communication arts. And as I was getting into communication arts, I was like, uh, this is all having to do with like very, it, it was against everything that I, I was very do it yourself produce it myself now all of a sudden i'm in like newsrooms like mock-up newsrooms running switchers and stuff and and Having I'm to work like, with other people having to work with other people and <laughs> i was like no 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 so then i switched to an art and technology degree and basically they let me do whatever i wanted so i was like that's dope you know but i had to kind of get it uh you know i had to get a degree in something um so i i got it in photography and you know, that's how i know how to lightest set. Um, and then, you know, I went on to become a photojournalist and art teacher, and then eventually stumbled all the while when I when I graduated college, I started playing Pokemon competitively because I was done with running. And I was creating during college, but I was creating stuff that was considered fine art, which was very strange and unlike anything I'd ever done before. I was basically, when I graduated college, I knew how to do nothing but I knew how to create. Have you ever showed and, those
0: like college era photos off? Not often.
2: <laughs> not often. Those things are have, cool. They're crazy. They're 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 funky. I mean, they are like intended to hang in museums or something. Is like what they're supposed to do, you know? Uh, so yeah, it was weird to create like that for a long time, but it did. It, it was formative, though. I, I learned. I grew up. I you know I I learned a lot. And, and then going into photojournalism was extremely different because I was creating during college this art that basically had no purpose other than to communicate and be creative and then hopped into the workplace and now I have a job where I have to work and be creative but I have a I have a mission right? which is to communicate so like now I'm really starting to get into the communication part of like art and then like you know that was formative and then uh, you know being an art teacher I learned a whole different set of skills how to talk ad nauseum for hours on end you know and things like that uh and hold the floor and gain attention you know i mean like these are things i learned you know how to instruct and and then as i was doing all of that you know my my photojournalism my becoming an art teacher i was uh you know falling in love with the pokemon trading card game and the competitive scene and i don't really do anything casually so like i made it my mission to get as good as that as i possibly could and then uh uh, and then, you know, uh, opportunity kind of struck in 2017 and it all really started to come together.
1: Yeah. 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 Let's talk about that opportunity. So first was Diriums, and kind of talk us through how that materialized and, you know, where you went. I mean, obviously from there it went to full grip, but kind of talk us through that process of your various, I don't know, what would you call it? Sponsors, uh, throughout the time yeah. that you've been creating.
2: Yeah. So like, I guess the very first thing it was actually 2015, which was like uh, Poker Beach, right? So like I uh, yeah. won a regional championship. Poker Beach wrote, you know, reached out to me and yeah. offered me a article writing position, and that was actually my dream. I was like, okay. oh, we've got it, <laughs> we're Cause in, I, we're <laughs> in, because like I had grown up reading articles, and that's basically what I did to learn how to play. And I was like, this is the end. End game of being a professional Pokemon player. You Can make a write... hundred
1: dollars to write four thousand words.
2: Yeah, Sign me right. up. Sign me up. So like that in two thousand and fifteen, <laughs> that was like the dream come true. And then you know continued on with you know with the writing gig for a long time. And then uh, eventually, uh, I think Alter Reality Games was going to create the first pro Pokemon team, right? That was sponsored and things like that. And, you know things that had previously seemed like a joke in the Pokemon trading card game, and I submitted my application to you know, Alter Reality, and they, uh, they, you know, are actually right down the street here in You know, they're in Medina, Ohio, uh, and they accepted me onto the team. I did that for a while, which was like, you know, interesting in its own way. And then, uh, and then in in 2017, the summer I got top eight at the North American international championships and Darium, who is like another card shop. And he's like a mega viral YouTuber uh, reached out to me. It was like, Hey, uh, have you thought about creating your own YouTube channel? I would like you to work for me and like run a competitive YouTube channel. So I, you know, uh, I gave up ARG and hop ships to go over to Darium's and we worked together for um, about a year and a half or so and it was uh working with Darium was amazing. I mean, I'll have to say it was absolutely incredible because he here is this like take everything that I told you about me growing up and being like an independent content creator and aspiring to do all that. I pretty much lost all of that throughout like trying to chug through the system of being like a photojournalist and being a teacher, right. All, all that like do-it-yourself you know all that creativity had pretty much been like scrubbed off me at that point and now i'm just trying to you know fit myself into the machine somehow so i can yeah. just live my life right and then i met darium who is this guy who just doesn't answer to anybody he <laughs> lives he lives just at his house with his with his fiance and his kid and they Uh, and and they just have their own life together and he supports himself entirely with his content and I was like whoa you know you are like a you know a viral YouTuber and you make your own way in life and you don't have a job this is your job your job is that you you make internet money how do you do that (laughs) so I was like that's insane so I just like worked with Darian for a year and a half it just soaked everything I could uh while teaching, mind you. So I would like teach during the day (laughs) and then just like soak information from Darium at night and just try to like uh learn everything that I could about what he did, how he lived, how he managed his finances, how he uh how he you know was engaging and how he uh how he lived his online life. And uh I found that absolutely fascinating. And uh and a little you know after a while, uh, his his virality on YouTube was starting to wane a little bit. He couldn't afford to uh, to pay us and stuff. So like, uh, so we kind of went our separate ways. We still have a working relationship, you know. I still love the guy, um, but uh, but yeah, we like professionally, we went our separate ways. And uh, I uh, approached Jameson Full Grip Games um, in the fall of two thousand and eighteen, and. It was like on my last leg teaching and was like, I'm doing, I had burnt myself out in that year and, and a half or so that I, that year or you know, between year and year and a half or so that I worked for Darium, I completely burnt myself out of yeah. like teaching. Cause I was going to graduate school for special right. education too. So like I, I was just doing too much and I was ready to throw in the towel with teaching and I confronted Jameson and Jameson basically was like, hey man just you can work here you could do some videos like on the clock but you're gonna have to hustle at the shop to like help us make ends meet uh and I was like cool yeah you know and I took a pay cut you know for my teaching job to like go uh work at full grip and you know basically it was like that was my uh kind of step out of the box and then after almost less than a year of being at full grip uh Jameson was like yeah you don't need to work at the shop anymore just uh just help us you know help us sell cards and and we're good and that was it so then I was like that was like the umbilical cord was cut and now it's just like a, a real sponsorship that pays a salary and my job is to help uh promote this store that I love because all of my homies work here so like it's just a dream come true and uh and when I'm like you know, advocating for full grip. Uh, I, you know, it's not just I'm advocating for some business because they send me a check. It's like right. I'm advocating for this because I believe these, these are my friends. friends. These are these are the people that I love and care about. This is my family now, and uh, and and it feels very real and it's uh, very satisfying. And uh, and I'm extremely blessed and thankful for the uh, the situation that I'm in now.
1: Yeah, that's so. awesome. What uh, I mean of that story? What would you have said was your like? happiest time you know what was, what was the like biggest thing was it finally getting like to work for Dariums, or was it getting to work for full grip was it getting your you know salary uh negotiation done or like what was the happiest moment of this whole process
2: jameson told me that i didn't have to work at the shop anymore yeah that was it yeah. that was it i mean that was like that was pure fruition yeah that was yeah. it that was everything that we had worked for it was just like this is it. I mean, my whole life, I had wanted to be like a, uh, you know, like a professional skateboarder or something like that. Or I'd, I'd wanted to be able to make a living just doing what I love to do. And sure. now I come to work every day and I just do what I love to do. And uh, it has, it is stressful. Natalie can attest that <laughs> I, I come home almost every single night just like banging my head against the wall, like about various things that I, yeah. uh, you know. Uh, various things that i find frustrating or that i stress, cuz i stress myself out is yes. the is the major thing right. is because i have i have like absurdly high goals for myself and basically and i don't ever give myself a break but i think that that's probably what it takes to be able to end up doing what i do anyway so like that's that's just fine for sure you know
0: so i want to go back a little bit to Darium you Darium we've talked a lot about Darium and his virality and you know, he has a real mind for like the internet world. I've heard you say many times. Yes,
2: he is actually more tapped into the internet than anybody I've ever met.
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, for sure, for sure. Uh-huh. So, I want to know specifically if you could choose like your top three-ish lessons from Darien. What would those be? You absorbed so much from him. What What's the top three?
2: His big thing, uh, and, and he did. He did. Uh he was amazing at this something that i would aspire and it's not i've i've seen darium said this and casey neinstadt has also said this another gigantic youtuber right but it was just like don't do second takes right don't do second takes you just hit record and you start going and that's it and you're just you living go. with that right i don't abide by that but i try <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i try as hard as I can, I'm too much of a perfectionist, and it probably holds me back. But people like Darium and people like Casey ninestat they honestly, there, I could, I could attest to the fact that because, because I, I recorded audio for like six hours today. It was horrible. I recorded audio for six hours today, trying to get ten minutes. Okay, ten minutes of audio. Like, for what? For a
0: video, dude. That's oh my, that's exactly right? my personality too. I understand. Yeah. So, like,
2: oh, my God. Right. So, like, I sometimes, and it doesn't matter is the thing. It just doesn't matter. You don't need, things don't need to be perfect when you're, there is no such thing as perfect. Right. Like, what is perfect? Right. So, like, uh, his kind of embracing of this, uh, you know, of his own self and the content is him. He is the content. Right. With all of his, you know, imperfections and personality and flares and all of that. That is the content. Right. So having that that mindset of like the content doesn't need to be this. I am the content. This is the content, you know, whatever, with all the mistakes and the errors and and the whatever and the lived in feel of it. Right. That is the content. So like that was a major thing. Uh, He would he would hound me when I would when I would hand him the memory card, cause he used to do the editing. I used to literally just walk over and I'd press record and I'd do a video clip and I'd give him the SD card and he would edit it and, and up it to YouTube. Right. And he would get, he would hound me if I gave him the SD card and I was like, all right, bro, there's like a few takes on there. Use take three.
1: <laughs> He'd be like, what do
2: you mean? There's three takes. You know, so like that was a huge huge uh huge lesson another big thing i learned from him uh was to live within your means right uh and that actually is gigantic as far as content creators go uh because a lot of content creators make it big and then they go buy a big house move out to california they do you know there's these things you hit a million subs you move to california these are the kinds of things that you do Mm -hmm. right and uh, uh a lot of people Will kind of see the trend going up and they're like, okay, you know, views are good, you know, ad rev is good, things are good. I can afford this now. I can afford this now. Whereas, like, Darium lives an extremely modest life in Northeast Ohio. His bills are very few and he makes way more money than he needs to live, Um, but he saves it, you know? and he saves it for when times are bad or for when you know he may need it he builds himself a nest egg that he could basically live off of for years at a time if he had to you know um, and that also allows him not only to not only to uh, to have security in being his own boss it also allows him to take breaks right yeah. which is uh which is probably my third thing right uh, is to Take breaks now. Darian will is the kind of person who will like dive into a project and he'll grind and grind and grind and grind and grind and and, like be obsessed with the project for for months and months and months and months and then he'll take some time off and he'll just he'll just go and he'll retreat and he'll uh, you know and he'll give himself a mental break for a while and then he'll he'll come back to the grind and I think that that is probably one of the biggest things about being a, a content creator is to give yourself some mental space, give yourself breaks. Uh, Personally, I've committed to only streaming five days a week or working five days a week because I'm uh, a believer in that as well, that I need to give myself those two days to uh, mentally refresh so that I can come back and, and bring my A game back on Monday instead of just running myself into the ground uh, seven days a week. And being a part of the Pokemon trading card game scene, fortunately, I am able to do that. And I know that many other streamers in many other games are not able to do that. And we'll just stream 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day, you know, seven days a week. And that's just it. And that's what they have to do in order to remain relevant. Sure. So uh, that to me sounds like a, uh, a nightmare. And, uh, you know, and I think that uh, taking breaks is something if you if you want to be a long time content creator you have to know when to say when and when to take care of yourself uh which is something that i have also
0: uh, learned from him so cool yeah those are awesome tenets real good cores. <laughs>
2: <laughs> for another sure. another thing another thing so a fourth no, thing good. that i learned you're from because there's million there's yeah, like no no no.
1: i mean like, keep them rolling as much but as. but like you one
2: of his one of his other biggest things with and he actually didn't think i was cut out for it which i which is hilarious when when dariam and i met He didn't think I was cut out for the content creation because he thought I was too much of a softy, right? He kind (laughs) of intentionally prodded me and pressed my buttons, right, in ways that he knew he would get to me. So he kind of like uh, he kind of intentionally uh, did that uh, to kind of like test me out, right, to see if I I was cut out for the internet life. And uh, and one thing that Darium does extremely well is he doesn't let negative comments get to him. He doesn't get YouTube comments get to him. He doesn't let trolls get to him or anything like that. And that was something that he also tried to, you know, tried to drill into me early on was that uh, you need to be confident in yourself. You're the one with the camera. They're there watching you like who cares what anybody has to say? If it's not positive, forget them. They're going to be those kinds of people. You know, move on and focus on yourself in the community that cares about you. Uh, Don't focus on the negativity. And he is uh, extremely good at doing that. So, that's also a big thing.
0: For sure. Insane. So, you talked about as well playing Pokemon sort of out of college is when you came into it. That feels kind of like a a late stage of life to pick up pokemon you know <laughs> yeah, and, and of course you've been a pokemon yeah. fan forever you played red and blue and those yeah. are still your favorite games uh much yeah. to everyone else's chagrin <laughs> so like <laughs> Jen water what and you also call out as well though other games that have this really high production value and like much easier to draw other people in so with pokemon having that absent what kind of drew you in or was there a piece of content or some sort of avenue that drew you to it
2: it's hilarious uh i i was drawn into pokemon just because it's the world's biggest franchise yeah i guess you know <laughs> uh that probably helped uh i could tell you it was nobody's content brought me in that's for sure, <laughs> sure. what,
0: yeah. what, that's what fair. brought
2: me into pokemon was the fact that i could go to walmart and buy a theme deck and there were pokemon on you know on the theme decks that i knew and liked right so like i was already a fan of the franchise and i think that's if people get into pokemon that's usually how they're getting into pokemon is because they like the franchise and when you talk about you know getting into the trading card game you got to kind of you start with the franchise you're probably a fan of the franchise now how did you trickle down and find your way into this (laughs) niche community over here uh the tcg uh, because there are obvious, there are even bigger, uh, you know, umbrellas within the franchise. So there's the the Pokemon Go over here. There's like the video game over here, and then all oh, down here in our core little corner, you know, we we've got the trading card game. Now, I had uh, I had been a fan of the Pokemon trading card game for a while. I used to bring my cards to high school. By the time I was a senior in high school, I I was confident enough to bring my Pokemon cards yep. to high school and play during breakfast. Uh, I did not care what anybody had to think about me. I was becoming my own man and, you know, wasn't, you know, I was single. I didn't have a girlfriend or anything like that, nor did I care about impressing anybody. Uh, I was just, you know, doing my own thing, living my own life and uh, started to really embrace that as a part of who I was in college. uh, I was very much into the video game. Uh, because I would travel to events and things like that, uh, you know, for cross country and track, and I needed something to be able to do on the long bus rides and things like that. Um, and the Nintendo DS Pokemon Pearl, those were the things that I did. I logged like you know between five hundred and a thousand hours into my Pokemon Pearl game. And the first Pokemon official event that I ever uh, that I ever attended was a, a VGC regional, mm-hmm. uh, actually, where I finished in the top thirty-two
1: there you go
2: (laughs) yeah but uh but then that kind of like you know was my my hook in, and then, uh, you know, got into the Pokemon. Bought a theme deck with my girlfriend at the time. We bought theme decks. We started battling them. Her theme deck whooped my theme deck every time. So I started looking online about what cards can I are good that I could put into my Umbreon theme deck so that it could be her Espeon theme deck. And uh, I believe I I probably bought, like, some Tyranitar Primes because that's about what was out in 2000. 11 right that's right some,
0: dude i bought
2: some <laughs> and, so
1: broken. <laughs>
2: and i already i already owned one tyranitar prime i already owned one tyranitar you go. Prime just
1: needed three because, more
2: <laughs> well because i would just like be at walmart and i would randomly buy packs you know just because like throughout college because i still had a collection oh. and i liked cards yeah. you know i just it feels didn't know anything about what was the
0: espion theme deck whooped the Umbreon theme deck
2: the Espeon was just a stronger card. Yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate, though. Yeah. It was unfortunate. Right, so it, it was wrong. So I had to buy the Tyranitars, and when I put the Tyranitars in, I, you know, her theme deck. Uh, I hope so. And then, uh, you know, and then eventually I found my way to sixprizes.com, which is yep. where I was like, okay, people play this game, and they're competitive about it, you know. And this is about the same time, you know, that I graduated college, so I had stopped running competitively and needed something competitive to do to fill that void, right? So,
1: yeah, it's pretty cool, though, that you kind of talk about the evolution of of the game and, and content too, where you started with online, maybe forums, maybe articles. And it's just only in the last two, three years where this video content has really escalated to the point that we are now. Um, are you kind of seeing that, this trajectory is very exciting to you. Uh, Do you think that we're kind of going to always be in this enclosed bubble that isn't going to expand? Or like, do you think the rapid expansion is something that we can kind of count on as a game?
2: So I guess like uh, clarify, what do you mean by expansion of what? What do you, of the video content? Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, just anything in general, like the, uh, the audience, the creators, like, is that something that, we think will, or you think specifically, will expand and grow in the future. I like obviously there's, obviously, there's going to be some expansion, but right. at the same at the same rate. Like, are you hopeful for the future of the game and the audience?
2: Yes, yes. Or else, you know, I would have a harder time doing what I do. Like, I think, like uh, I'm always hopeful, but I, I'm not counting on there being some sort of balloon of you know viewership or some sort of balloon of. Yeah. Uh, an audience. Nor do I care. You know, I don't. I don't need there to be thousands of people watching the Pokemon trading card game online in order to feel like uh, we're successful as a community. Um, that's just I, I don't. I do not care uh, personally. And I think it's a, you know, it's a niche thing. But like, what encourages me is that like you go to, uh, you know, I love skateboarding. Skateboarding is one of my favorite things. Skateboarding just became an Olympic sport, right? There but you- one of the you know, R.I.P. to the Olympics. You know, they're moved to next year. But I mean, like uh, in 2020, it was going to be a summer Olympic sport. So, like, uh, you know, but uh, but skateboarding kind of has always been this alternative culture thing. That's just what it is. Yeah. And uh, if you go to like Thrasher on YouTube or the Barracks, like two of the biggest, you know, skateboarding things. Uh, you know, the average video on Thrasher gets between like 60,000 and maybe 100,000 views. That's just like, that's skateboarding. Like all of skateboarding you right. know, gets that many. I would have thought, you know, no, it's alternative culture. That's just what it is. It's a niche audience for a very specific audience, but they create this insanely high production for relatively low viewership. Right, uh all things considered. And it's because the people who are into skating are passionate right. and driven and they love it. It's not about the money, right? It's about their doing what they love to do. So I've taken that has informed a lot of what I do and a lot about how I feel about the Pokemon trading card game. And I love cards. I love the Pokemon trading card game. I think this game is great. I believe in it. It's uh and I and I think that uh the act of playing a tabletop game with somebody is something that I inherently believe in and uh yeah and i think that uh it will always be a niche thing it will uh it will never be as big as uh, some other things that are out there uh but there will always be and i do firmly believe a community that loves tabletop games and i think that there will always be a community there for uh, the pokemon training card game as long as it continues to uh uh, to go, and I think that it. I think I'm confident that it will continue uh, to grow as a game. At this point, I'm 31 years old. The Pokemon trading card game has been around for 20 years strong. Uh, what's 20 more? You know, I think that that's. Uh, I think that it's it's headed in a good direction, and will continue to do so. My hope is that. Uh, is that the online client will be developed in a way that shows the extensive love and care that's already put into the game, but that the right developers are brought in to show that same care to the series that we all uh, we all have as well, and uh, and I think that that will certainly help with broadening the audience and bringing new players into the fold because getting into a digital game is extremely easy where getting into a tabletop game will always be a niche thing that is harder to understand uh, and because it's a little bit harder to understand that is part of what just keeps it always a niche thing but getting into a new video game you know people get into new video games all the time it's very easy Uh, you know, things are very, uh, very easy to digest. We live in a digital culture these days, so I think if we want to grow the game and have it continue to expand, we're gonna have to, you know, the franchise is gonna have to invest heavily into making that a reality. So,
0: so what I'm hearing is that you want the Olympic gold medal for Pokemon trading cards,
2: yeah. I mean, like, (laughs) okay, so like, I do believe that, like, uh, because this is a big thing, like, you know, kind of I compare Pokemon and skateboarding a lot because they feel similar to me. Uh, but there was a big kind of uh, there's big, I guess, uh, controversy, not controversy, but kind of uh, yeah, most controversy within the skateboarding community <laughs> about whether or not it should be an Olympic sport. Right. Sure. Because skateboarding as a culture is counterculture. Sure. So sure. like by. So if you go into
1: the mainstream of the Olympics, then you're no longer counterculture.
2: That's it, right? Or that, like, how could you possibly judge skateboarding in a just way, right? And skateboarding... on an objective level, because it's everybody's unique... Because skateboarding form. is a lifestyle, right? Yeah. It's about yeah. the lifestyle. How could you judge? How could you assess a number to it, mm-hmm. right? But mm-hmm. certainly, there are competitions and things like that, and, uh, you know, and I, I feel the same way about Pokemon. So, for me, when it's like, when the competitions are gone, which they are right now, I... I'm not heartbroken because it's about the lifestyle, right? It's that's what this is about. It's about the lifestyle. It's about playing the game on the tabletop with your friends. That's what Pokemon's about. So who cares? The competitions are gone for a little while. That's fine. That's not what the game's about, right? Uh, the game is about the lifestyle of uh, of playing a tabletop game with your friends and uh, and so on and so forth, and getting to enjoy competition with uh, with one another. So. Uh, though I do hope that Pokemon makes it to that that level of uh, you know uh, of being big enough that uh, that more people are able to be brought into the fold and enjoy this competition. Uh, you know, I hope that uh, the audience grows and that our content is able to c- grow as well, and that we are able to grow the game. It's always going to be my goal is to grow the game. Sure, um, of course. But uh, but ultimately, you know, I, I don't really. You know, care if it gets that big? Because who cares? (laughs) Right. 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 (laughs) right. And
1: you can't, you can't stress about something that's out of your.
2: your No, no, nor will I. You know, I'm gonna keep doing the best job that I can, uh, trying to, uh, you know, communicate my love of the game and spread the love of the game to other people because that's what makes me happy. But ultimately, you know, uh, if it's just if if my channel and all of this stays the same size and I do it for 20 years, sure. You know. I know that I I know that I will have communicated the love of the game to uh, a number of people. and They got something out of it, and that's all that matters.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So then, I mean, continuing on this train of thought, then what's the future? I mean, is the future 20 more years of Pokemon? Andrew Mahone sitting behind a desk in front of all his merch, uh, streaming, you know, five days a week? Like, what is the future for you? That's a good question.
2: I ask myself that all the time. <laughs> uh, something something that i have consistently uh consistent property in my life is that every theory every three years i've never been able to predict where i would be three years from then right it's always been there's been something that comes up and changes drastically my trajectory or or the trajectory of what i'm doing um right now this is the most confident that i've ever been that this you know content creation is where i will be you know Going forward, uh, I was talking to, I forget I was talking to about this. Maybe it was, maybe it was, no, it was, it was Matt. I was talking to Matt Price about this the other day as he was helping me move stuff into our, uh, into our house. Um, you know, he's like, you know, what's the future? What if Pokemon dies? What if, like, you know, what if this, what if that? Uh, at this point, I am very confident that the skills that I have developed as a content producer are... Sure. Uh, are able to be projected onto other things at this point my resume of video production and streaming and using multiple cameras and lighting and all of that is well documented and you know uh i i could probably take these skills that i've really honed in over the last few years and i could take them the to other efforts if i needed to um yeah. but uh but the hope is that I that I never need to. I mean, my goal is to keep honing these efforts into this same thing and to make a, uh, you know, I, I think about this, like, what, am I going to look back in 20 years and what is going to be my life's work? A lot of it is fleeting. It's just, it's live. It just, you do it and then it's gone. You don't get to hold it in your hand like I made this. It's just, it's digital. It exists where? In the cloud? This is odd, Right. Uh, you know, it exists somewhere on Google's servers or on Amazon's servers. Maybe, you know, if you clipped it and only after 60 days, then a lot of it goes. Uh, it's just like uh, it's this very odd thing. And I think uh, right now I'm in a process of just living, you know, day by day, year by year, you know, month by month. And just saying like, OK, this is what we're doing. Eventually, I need to get to the point where I start. You know, I just moved into a house. I'm trying to establish myself. Uh, eventually, I'm going to want to start a family, um, but I'm going to also have to start uh, kind of creating that nest egg for myself, where I have like some savings and and things like that, to where uh, if I want to expand onto other projects, I can, or if I want to. You know, eventually retire. I certainly do not want to uh, stream until I die. You know, like uh, I mean, that's kind of a grim thing to think about. But there's no retirement plan for Twitch streaming, mm-hmm. so like uh, you know, there's that. Uh, eventually, I will have to create a you know some sort of four hundred one k and start to really you know be principled about what I need to do uh, yeah. as far as to like really live off this. Um, but for the time being. Uh, my job is to is to create content, share the love of the game, and help Full Grip Games sell cards. That is something that I see myself doing for a long time. Um, as long as Full Grip Games is here, uh, as long as the Pokemon trading card game is here, I could see myself being in that streaming marketing position uh, for a long time. You know, because it's basically an advertising position in a way. It it's an yeah. it's an advertising position, like I would be sure. advertising anything else. You know, for any other business, sure. uh, except the difference is, is that I, you know, I I know and love this business. I work for a small business. You know, I'm basically advertising for a small business, which you know, uh, when you put it that way, that seems like a more reasonable life career than. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, then, then i play be, pokemon
2: cards yeah you know? yeah you know uh you know when i'm talking to like yeah. my doctor you know and they ask me what i do you know, i, I free <laughs> that way you know i advertise for a small yeah. business um you know which uh certainly is more digestible and normal to your average person so there you go i, I could see myself doing that for a while of uh, you know but uh if if things change in 10 years and there's no more Pokemon or, you know, maybe my skills develop to a point where my skills are needed elsewhere and I get an opportunity that I can't pass up. I don't necessarily think that that's going to be a thing, um, but maybe you just can't know. That's so long from now. How could I possibly know? Uh, You know, in talking with Jameson, me and Jameson are very driven and have a shared vision of what full grip games can be. And right now, our minds and our efforts are completely locked in to trying to make that a, uh, you know, a reality. So, uh, my job and one of my missions right now is to try and make Full Grip Games this, you know, this uh, this great card store that uh, provides an amazing service to the community. So, and that also will help the game grow, hopefully. So, it's awesome.
0: So. It's super obvious that you're very passionate about everything that you do and that extends beyond content and into even like full grip and developing them as a company. What would you recommend to someone who feels like they're in a rut right now and they're not doing something that they're passionate about? You you jumped off that cliff. What would you say to someone else? Is jumping off the cliff cliff the right move? Is there some steps they should take?
1: Yeah, calculating their risk. um, Yeah, that's a good question, Riley.
2: It's hilarious because I don't think that I ever really calculated the risk. But <laughs> I, and I think like with the way that I've always been is like I I kind of just like hop in both feet and just like let's go, dude. Like we're just you know we're down we're down. Let's just let's just do it right and I'll make mm-hmm. it work. However I need to make it work. Um, that's a that's a really good question because for years, um, you know, I was I was teaching and, and I was happy teaching, but. I didn't well, know. It. I that... didn't. I was, in a way. Yes, he yeah. was. Come on. I mean, I mean, <laughs> in, you way, were, in a way, like, Yeah, yeah. I could have. I could have been a teacher, and I could have been happy doing what I do. I was unhappy working for the system, and right. I felt constantly held back by the system, uh, and and that was extraordinarily frustrating to me. But uh, I think that uh, I think that is like okay, how do you know that you need to make a major change in your life and pursue something that you're passionate about? You know, how everybody's situations are different. Um, you know, I've been I've been fortunate enough that I'm a 31-year-old man with no kids, no family, no wife. You know, uh, the only person I got to take care of is myself. So for the most part, I could just do whatever I wanted to do and I didn't have to answer to anybody. So other people's and you know other people uh you know if you got you got a situation, you know, you got priorities number 1, 2, you got your you know your 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 wife, your kids, uh your husband, you know whatever, uh your family you got to take care of first. So like some people are just going to have to do what they need to do in order to to make sure that they are taking care of their families and things like that. Like and that's that's certainly reasonable. But like as far as if you have the opportunity, right, and you don't have any anything holding you back, if the only thing holding you back is yourself, you know, then who cares? Just, just pursue it. I mean, because, like, at the, at the end of the day, life is just what you make it you know, there is no grand scheme or rules or rigid set of things that you have to do or trajectory. Like we're kind of taught, you know, oh, you're going to go to college, you're going to get a career, you're going to start a 401k. And then, you know, you're going to retire. And this is the things that's gonna, that's gonna happen in your life. But that's just not true. I mean, you could just, you could actually do whatever you want. You can make a huge left turn if you want to just go on that way. If you, if you want to, And you know, I mean, no one's actually going to go stop you, like physically hold you back. So like you could do whatever you want to do uh, in your life. Uh, you just got to make it happen. And in order to make a career out of something that you're passionate about, you have to be obsessed with it. And that is the uh, that is the short of it. You have to yep. yeah, there's that what, the book Ten Thousand Hour, you know, or something like that. Yeah, oh, well it's kinda
1: crap, but Yeah. yeah. But basically that, uh, that there's concept, a good you know, idea. Yes.
2: It's a good idea, but it's not true, you know, whatever. I don't know, ten thousand hours, how long is that? But like or outlier. <laughs> what about that?
1: Is that Out- the outliers? Outliers is kinda crap too, but but, uh, yeah, I, yeah, 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 but the point the core concepts remain. The core remain concept is that you have to be obsessed.
2: Yes. You do. You yes. have to be obsessed with what you want to do in order to make it happen. You can't just be like, Oh, well, I kind of like this. You know, no, nah, you got to be obsessed with it. And um, for me personally, like I said, like looking back on the things that I have been, you know, obsessed with since a teenager, it has all kind of led me to here. So my life wasn't this like, oh, I quit my teaching job. When you, it's about how you portray it. I quit my teaching job, made this crazy left turn and became a professional gamer. Nah, I kind of have been developing this set of this set of skills to be this content creator my entire life and realized what i was capable of a few years ago right well and it
1: sounds like kind of came to that realization it sounds like right place right time with the right preparation yeah Right. And so and, I think, right. And you can just take that and, and expound on that in any situation, you know, because you were given these great opportunities. I, I don't even you know, you would say that Darium's coming ahead and, and full grip, like great opportunities. But at that same time, you took those opportunities and you ran as fast as you possibly could with them.
2: Yeah. I mean, like you gotta it's exactly you gotta recognize opportunity when it's there, right? And you gotta shoot your shot when it's there. Like uh the relationship with Darium didn't come out of nowhere. Like, I used to go to Darium's shop and sort bulk and and talk with him like all the time. Right. For there was an entire summer, that entire summer where I got top eight at Nats, that entire summer, uh, so I was a teacher, I was hustling at the card shop, just trying to make, you know, like 10 bucks an hour, you know, under the table, you know, sorting bulk. That's just because like, that's just, I was just hustling, but then, you know, we grew that relationship and then we, you know, we kept our eyes open for opportunities and things like that. And that, uh, you know, so keeping your eyes open for opportunities is, is important. You know, I confronted Jameson at Fulcrum and I was like, Hey bro, I want to quit my job. What's up? You know? And you know, he didn't come up to me. He he might not have ever offered me a job. He might not have ever thought that it was going to be a thing, Right. you know? Um, so like, uh, you know, keeping your eye open for opportunities and, uh, and believing in yourself, and uh, and also just uh, yeah, and, and and just knowing what you love to do, and uh, and asking yourself what are the opportunities within this thing that I love to do, and if they don't exist yet, what can I make happen, right, to make them exist,
0: right? I guess, yeah. No, I think that's very insightful. So kind of branching off this a little bit to the side. If you could give one piece of advice to everybody who's listening, and this can be about Pokemon cards, this can be about pursuing your passions, this can be about content creation, whatever you so choose, what would that piece of advice be? Just a one-liner.
2: Not very good at one-liners. It could be, you know, it could be a
0: one-liner with (laughs) an explanation. It could be two. We'll give you two as a treat. Uh... I I swear, though, if you go beyond two sentences, like friendship canceled. The one. The one. (laughs) <laughs> the I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: <laughs> the one-liner is that you gotta love yourself and believe in yourself, you know, in order to be successful. That's, I mean, like that's kind of, uh, you gotta have self-love and you gotta you gotta believe in yourself um, in order to uh, in order to be able to pursue your passions. So, like, uh, there's a lot of things in the world that uh, you know they can try to beat your ideas down or you know people that can try to beat your ideas down or make you feel a certain type of way or whatever but uh, uh, you need to uh, believe in the validity validity of your own ideas. Um, you need to have an open mind and uh, and and be able to uh, learn new things but uh, I would definitely definitely say that self-love and believing in yourself um, you know is going to be that uh, that driving motivation uh, for you to continue to succeed because, uh, it's very easy, um, to get down on yourself, stressed out and, uh, you know, and, and, and really, really doubt yourself. And I'm certainly, you know, when I'm, when I'm saying it's one liner, things that I believe in it's things that I hope aspire to believe. In. Right. Cause I, right. <laughs> cause, uh, uh, cause I kind of need to remind myself of this all the time. Right. Sure. I definitely well, beat myself up a lot.
0: It's yeah. interesting too. Cause like, you know, learning new things and pursuing your passions and, you know, treating yourself right. Those are all different forms of self-love, right? Like even the simple act of learning something is you caring and like looking after yourself. Mm. So I think that that can really expand in all sorts of like different territories. I think that was a really good answer.
2: Even, even like working out,
0: taking yeah. breaks.
2: It's all, it's all of that. I mean, cause like, that's another, that's one of the biggest struggles is, is, you know, even self-love as far as from a physical standpoint, making sure that you take care of yourself, you know, those kinds of things, which is really
0: hard to do as a streamer. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah. it's tough. It's tough for sure. Cool.
1: Um, What are some of the things Andrew that you find that you enjoy doing outside of Pokemon? Um, Obviously right now, the big thing is the house. So you're doing all those home improvement projects or things that need to get done. You're uh, Natalie was talking about getting a new washer. Dishwasher or something? Dish-
2: dishwasher, but like yeah. Probably needing a new dishwasher, what, yeah.
1: You know, what are some of the things that you really enjoy outside of the
2: Pokemon trading card game that help you be refreshed
1: every time you come back to the studio?
2: Uh, running and skateboarding. It's like not much has changed, you know. Uh, running and skateboarding are like two of, my, two of my biggest outlets for sure. Um, and uh, And they kind of like help satisfy the physical, you know, uh desires that I have as far as like, you know, needing to be active and needing to stay healthy because certainly the Pokemon trading card game does not do that uh very much. (laughs) Uh you know, it satisfies like the mental problem solving, you know, aspect. But uh uh rock climbing was another big one um that I that I enjoy as well. Um and uh yeah Pokemon Go actually was cool because it was a little bit of a crossover. You know, and that I could get some, you know, physical effort expended while also enjoying the, uh, the franchise that I love. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, a lot of a lot of staying active and, and doing doing outdoorsy kinds of things, which is cool because within the realm of Pokemon, there are these, uh, you know, in, in the in the kind of the fantasy realm, there are different trainers who have different personalities, sure. right? And that's kind of always one of the things that's drawn me to the series is I can be my own person or identify myself. Within the Pokemon universe, and I don't have to be a certain way. I can be whatever kind of trainer I want to be, right? So that's that's always been kind of cool to me as
0: well. Are there as good of running trails around your house as that were around Timber Top? Uh, that
2: is going to be a hard no. it's just it's not possible. <laughs> it's not possible. It, Timber sure. Top was right in the heart of Akron. Uh, there is a lake by my house, which is awesome. And there is this uh, this like quick stop little mini mart, which is like less than a half mile from my. It's walkable from my house, and it is just insane. They have all the beverages you could possibly want, all the snacks. Oh my, amazing! Uh, and I'm definitely a big gas station connoisseur. Uh, there's a lake. <laughs> there's a lake by the house. Uh, I'm sure that there probably is some trail somewhere. Yeah, uh, I haven't found it yet. But the metro parks in downtown Akron are uh, phenomenal yes. and next to almost none. So, like, it's just going to be impossible for there to be trails that are as good as the miles and miles and miles and endless miles of trails that are in the uh, downtown Akron area. So, oh. yeah.
0: So, as a gas station <laughs> slash convenience store connoisseur, how does this rate amongst them? Is this, like, top three? Is this number one? Or, Well, the best
2: thing about it is that it is... It's one. It's just a quirky, independently owned little mini mart. Outside the mini mart, there's a gigantic statue of a hot dog who is squirting oh, yeah. ketchup onto its forehead. Let's go. <laughs> That's good. Out, That's good. It's about the size of myself, right? Uh-huh. And uh, the mini mart, you know, they've they've got everything you want. I was able to pick up some frozen pies. They had frozen chicken pot pies. You know, they have. Uh, all the snacks, all the That's goodies, amazing. all the candy, and it's just this little, uh, and they also have, like, a deli. I think the deli is closed right now because of the coronavirus, but they have, like, a yeah, deli, too. Sure. Uh, and so I'd say it's a very high tier, high tier, because I, I love the, you know, the independently owned uh, mini-marts. You know, it's not, like, going to, like, your Seven Eleven or whatever. I love the character, right? Sure. So I'd say it's definitely an S-tier, S-tier mini-mart, yeah. What do you not think is the best
0: I... one you've ever been to? No. <laughs> well, there's this one
2: that uh, that is actually right next to my parents' current home in downtown Baltimore. They live in a row home, and the row home is, like, mm. the third row home on the row, yeah. and the first row home on the row is literally a mini-mart. So it's, like, <laughs> it's literally three doors down from the mini-mart. That's, like, I mean, I could throw a rock at it, right? It's uh, It's right there. And this one is just this little... Uh, you know, this little, uh, little mini mart and, you know, and the guy will sell you whatever. I, I'm convinced the guy would, like, whip out the axe and he'd sell you, like, two sprays of the axe deodorant, like, if you asked him to, you know. <laughs> and he's just, like, makes, he's such a whimsical guy and he just makes up prices for, you know, he, he never types things into the register. He just looks at the things and he's like, ah, oh, you know, it ought to be about 650, you know. And you're like, hey, yeah, bro, you got it. You know, and it's just, like, that is the best convenience store I've ever been to and I love it uh yeah Fairytale
1: convenience store yo
2: Mohammed and chachi they run an incredible uh, business over there uh, this is not this a guys.
1: sponsored podcast
2: yo the ann's grocery so nuts i mean they even sell they sell the the mexican coke you could get it with the real sugar oh, yeah oh my god i mean like they sell everything there it's oh, insane god. so that's like the best one i've ever been to this one is like a hard second place next to the you know, because okay. convenience is part of part of the way you rate a convenience store—is how convenient in it is it. <laughs> you know, so proximity to home. You know, and this one is walking distance. So I have to say, you know, it's pretty, pretty high convenient. Yeah, that's pretty convenient. Right. <laughs> I mean, what is a convenience store if I have to drive to it? Oh, right.
0: right. Yeah. That's yeah. the
2: well, store. <laughs> <laughs> we used to do it all the time. <laughs> I mean, I, if if you have to, right? At Timber Top, I had to drive to the convenience store. Yeah. You know, now I walk. Yeah Uh, that must be nice yeah (laughs) that's
1: awesome that's awesome well i think we're getting to the time of the cast where we open it up to viewer questions so guys if you have any things that you've just been dying to ask andrew we'd love to uh field some questions for you um that this is just always one of the best one of the best times natalie says here that the place is severely epic that's how she describes your current uh convenience store situation. Yes. The pit stop severely yes. epic.
2: <laughs>
0: <Definitely>. yeah, it's <laughs> critically epic.
2: <laughs> the fact that I could find the, the frozen chicken pot pies there, that's how I knew. It was it's one of my favorite snacks. They're like a dollar for a, pie? Yeah, a yeah, snack. Yeah. Yeah, they're small. they're small. They're small. They're like little frozen chicken pot pies you put it in the microwave for four hours. Are and you and talking a about minutes. a pasty? No, a chicken pot pie.
1: Yeah, you're talking about a pasty?
2: I don't know what that is.
1: A handheld chicken pot pie from northern Michigan.
2: I've never heard it called that. No, it's I... a pasty, bro. You're just, sure, you're just it, on it your weird Michigan not... grind right now, man. It Ooh. certainly does not say pasty on the package. Okay. It says banquet at the top, and it says chicken pot pie at the bottom.
0: That's I what would, would never okay. buy anything that said pasty on it. That's for sure.
2: Defin- <laughs> definitely not.
1: Definitely.
0: That, is a, that, that sounds gross. Yes,
1: that's (laughs) well, well, uh, you're right. But I I mean, I think generally chicken pot pies are gross.
2: All right, dude, you're canceled for sure. So
1: So the Alaskan hero says, Andrew, favorite animal crossing villager?
2: Beardo. Mm. Beardo is awesome. Uh, Extremely underrated. He's like this like creepy old bear, you know, looking thing. (laughs) You know, he's got like a pot belly and just like very, very hilarious. Right. Uh, pretty sure you could get him for free. You know, if you right. just look online, there's probably people trying to get rid of him right now <laughs> you know, from their village. Yeah, Beardo rocks for sure. Uh huh.
1: <laughs> Counterculture.
2: Yes, that's part of the it's yeah, part of the whole thing, <laughs> right?
1: Uh, Trainer Joe asks, "What is one mechanic you would like to see Pokemon implement into the trading card game?"
2: One uh, mechanic.
1: Yeah, I think he's talking maybe like you know the tag teams sort were of a thing. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah i I think it'd be cool to bring legends back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Probably I'll sure. say that.
1: <laughs> and they're so <laughs> nostalgic, right? That's like legends right when you're getting broke. into the game, dude. Like, yeah, I never got to play with
2: legends. I think that's right. part of what makes me mad is that I was never, I never played in a format with legends, so I never got to like slap down my two cards like, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> <laughs> you know, quick ball for. Bottom Lugia, quick ball for top Lugia. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically
1: technically you couldn't do that because they're not basic Pokemon on their own. Ah uh,
2: Pokemon communication
1: for There you go, there Shit. you go.
0: Legend <laughs> box, man. The Legend Box. Oh yeah, the Legend, Legend box. box,
1: like look at the top ten or something. <laughs> sure, yeah. Find, yeah. sure, sure, sure. You
0: know, yeah, what the heck? Basically. Dude, I'm nostalgic for Legends and I never even remotely played back then. I wasn't even interested in the Pokemon trading card game, but I remember hearing about these two-part cards. they like that. That's not real. That's that's fake news right there. That's yeah. some
1: Yu-Gi-Oh stuff right there.
0: No, I was playing Yu-Gi-Oh at the time. Like that that <laughs> can't happen. Yu-Gi-Oh has not breached that ground. So definitely Pokemon has.
1: <laughs> what are some of uh, What are some of the best times and best memories that you have playing the Pokemon trading card game? This can be tournament based. This can be you know I know that you have a huge affinity for. Just getting the boys together with the cube. Talk to me about some of your favorite times in Pokemon.
2: Wow. I mean, like, yeah, over like the eight, you know, years I've been uh, yeah. I've been playing some of the best times, obviously, like the regional win was an amazing time. That was really hype. Um, you know, getting to see other friends uh do well. Your regional win, amazing time. You're uh, referring to who? <laughs> oh, I'm both of your regional wins I'm kidding, uh, I'm were also amazing times. I was thinking JW's was obviously, you know, uh just recently. Yeah, it was like, um, looked yes, definitely Rally,
0: cooler and more impressive. Raleigh, you know, like,
2: your, yours also. <laughs> I actually bubbled out a cut at both your regional wins, so it was like, you know, kind of kind of rough times for me. But yeah. you know, I was very excited to see both of you guys with your regional wins. Yeah. Uh Natalie's, you know, second place regional was one of my uh one of my favorite times was getting to see her do uh do so well and i remember i think i was just like the happiest i'd ever been in a tournament you know watching her you know win round after round uh you know winning her top eight winning her top four was just like on uh you know on cloud nine there uh those are like you know tournament experiences some of the more you know intimate you know uh experiences that you might not expect but like uh uh, yeah, like you like you mentioned before, just like getting the boys together and uh, and cube drafting um, is uh, is one of my favorite things to do and something that I hope uh, you know we get to continue to do for a long time. Uh, testing with Natalie actually leading up to various tournaments. Uh, Natalie has been one of my testing partners leading up to you know just about every big finish that I've ever had. So that uh, you know getting to kind of put our heads together and and come up with decks uh you know thinking specifically about that week with me riley and natalie heading up to natalie's second place finish where we came up with a busted buzzgarb carbank deck like that was just fun you know also leading up to riley's regional win you know butting all our heads together I remember riley had this filthy Zorak deck and i remember we literally had this like table was, that was crazy and a gigantic table <laughs> in my small one bedroom apartment where there was like yeah eight games, you know, probably between the two rooms, like eight oh games of Pokemon trading card game happening at the same time, and we're all playing Zorak Mirrors. Oh, <laughs> <Just right>. like... <laughs> <laughs> and then at the last second, I decided to play Buzz Rock, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, When, like, we literally had the regional winning deck, you know, right there, and I was like, can't do it! You know? yeah. <laughs> it was like, yeah. And, like, nobody understood the, the Zorak Mirror, like Riley understood it. And I felt like he was just, like, on this other plane of existence, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, The common theme is is like uh, they're all going to be times that I spent, you know, with you guys or my best friends, or uh, and uh, and getting to really problem solve and have those hangout sessions. uh, You know, really are kind of what makes this so fun, and uh, it's really amazing to see uh, a game like this bring together people. uh, You know, me obviously we would have never met ever, you know, or ever crossed paths, you know. Me, uh, a skateboarder, uh, and and you know a, a crucial dude bro from you know Baltimore, Maryland. You know J.W. a bassoonist and musician, and <laughs> Riley, a fancy pants engineer. You know would have probably never you know crossed paths in any sort of way if it were not for this thing that we all uh, we all share together, and now we're like best friends. So like that is pretty epic and and very cool, and uh, getting to kind of have those shared experiences through this common thing is uh is obviously the best part so
1: yeah cool that's i mean that's an exciting way to end it
0: yeah i think i i think (laughs) i have just one more closing question for you andrew yeah can you give us uh just a one-liner of your thoughts on malamar (laughs) (laughs) a
2: (laughs) one-liner Malamar is just such a heartbreaker, dude. Just <laughs> such a heartbreaker. It just constantly makes promises it can't keep. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's so yeah. true, man. That's so true. <laughs> well, Andrew, yeah. it's been so awesome having you. This is super fun. I can't express our appreciation enough and hopefully our viewers got some really awesome stuff not as much of pokemon but i think the insight transcends all sorts of, of boundaries you know it goes beyond pokemon beyond content creation and to stuff that like really is at the core of, of passion and what we enjoy doing as a whole so thank you so much for that jw as always thank you for your for your time and your effort your man bun's looking fresh dude Appreciate it, my guy. thanks to all of you who listen and watch. We appreciate you all more than anything. And it's really hard to express that accurately. But you all power what we do. And I'm sure Andrew feels the same way towards all of his viewers and all the viewers here at Tech Team. So that'll bring us to a close today. Thank you all for listening. And we'll catch you all next time. Peace. See ya. Later.